0: Hello, my fellow Americans and any foreign internationals who may be listening. Welcome to another episode of American Sports Broadcasters. I am your host, Kenyon Hood, Brian Kirkeback alongside me in a manner of speaking. Uh, actually, not in your normal faraway home of, of Omaha, and you're, now you're in, you're in Le, uh, St. Louis again. So, uh, back in the, the Redbird City
1: yeah back in the redbird city uh wish my Redbirds were playing tonight in game seven but uh that's all right but yeah it's uh it's been good and uh unfortunately, I hear some snows coming tomorrow, so uh
0: we got a little here we yeah little and here
1: we and for. we we got some in Omaha as I was leaving on monday but uh so yeah, but it's all right. I leave for omaha tomorrow, so it'll be it'll be interesting and this is
0: Brian. Do you realize that by the time this this episode gets put up, it will be Halloween Day? So it's a very special, spooky episode for which we have done nothing particularly spooky for to prepare for, unless you happen to be Oklahoma. So all
1: <laughs> well, that, or yeah, there's plenty of teams, including Kenyon, yours, and I's team. Yeah, that were very yeah. Very spooky and scary, and
0: very spooky.
1: I uh, yeah, I got scared a couple times. Mm. Yeah. I'm so we scared. we will definitely get to that but uh yes spooky scary halloween happy halloween all.
0: Uh, um now what's yeah. interesting is that you know we've been a little bit on a downturn in terms of uh, how accurate we've been in our picks. This last week though Brian, I crushed it. Absolutely blew it out of the park. I got two wrong and 12 right. So man did I crush it. I'm well ahead of you now in the the weekly rankings. Uh, I've got 60 total wins to your 53. Tied it up week to week, four, four, and one. I think that uh, that's an advantage me there, right there. So I'll take that.
1: You know, uh, it's, I'm just letting you get comfortable. You know, just letting you mm-hmm. uh, letting you feel safe, and then uh, then I'm gonna get a little spooky, scary, and uh, <laughs> take and and take you out. So uh, you just you just keep waiting, Kenny. You just uh-huh. keep
0: waiting. I'm sure. I'm sure. After you know, I I started off with a really great win. Just recapping the season here, so so uh, so far for our, our our fellow listeners, I I started off with a win, took three straight L's, and boom, right back on top. So I'm red, uh, ready to go. Uh, Brian, let's hop right into this here. The first one, the biggest one in the Big Ten, Wisconsin at Ohio State. We thought it would be close. You thought Wisconsin would win. I did not. I was at least more correct. Ohio state wins 38 to seven.
1: Yeah, I was, I was very surprised on this one. Um, just at how far spread it was. Um, but the big thing here is it just, you know, Ohio state has just continued to prove that they're ready and, uh, that they're a very solid team this year. And if, you know, I don't see any reason, um, or anybody who's going to really put up enough of a fight to keep them out of the playoffs. So, um, you know, for anybody, any other teams, you know, that are in that top four, be very worried about this team. So Ohio state team lo- looks good. And, and the next game was a big sec game, number nine, Auburn at number two LSU, you know, and for me, this kind of surprised me as close as it was, but we both went th- with the tigers
0: Kenyon. Yeah. Well, and then we said right at the outset, you know, the tigers were going to win this game no matter what. Kenyon, you there? Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, the, we both picked LSU and uh, LSU did win twenty three to twenty.
1: All right, the next game was another Big Ten matchup, and is number six Penn State at uh, Michigan State. We both went with the Nitty Lions, and they did pull it off twenty eight to seven.
0: Yeah, another uh, really dominant win for Penn State, and Michigan State still looking pretty lackluster for the most part. After you know, we were told that at least they were supposed to be pretty good this year. Hasn't really panned out. Now, this is this next one is truly my nightmare. I am going to be afraid of Mike Gundy's hair tomorrow night or tonight, if you're listening uh, when this is put up. Oklahoma State at Iowa State. Oh, my goodness, Brian. I still cannot get this game right, cannot get this pick right, no matter what I do for Oklahoma State. Always get it wrong. You made the smart play and just went against whatever I said. And I picked Iowa State, <laughs> and you you were right. Oklahoma State wins at thirty four to twenty seven. Yeah, Kenny, you know, and I I
1: think the biggest you know kind of surprise here, the biggest storyline here is you have an Iowa State team who's at home, you know, had you know kind of hit a hot streak, got back into the top twenty five, and here comes this Cowboy team, you know, having some troubles and came into Ames and you know had this game and and had it even though you know score line only won by seven they. They had, you know, pretty good control of this game the whole time, and so I think, you know, for for Oklahoma State, this is a big positive for Iowa State. You know, you got to really, you got to go back to the drawing board because you know you're trying to finish out, uh, you know, the season on a strong note. Um, You have some tough games coming up, and some even at home, and so you know they got to get things back together. Um, You know, this isn't like a very destructive loss by any means, Um, but you know if they want to end out strong. Um, These are games they should have had. And the next game we got is Virginia at Louisville. Uh, Louisville ends up pulling it off at home 28-21. I went with Virginia. Kenyon, you seem to do the right move this week and pick against what I picked. So, uh, you know, it's a good win for the
0: Cardinals. Well, you know, I went with Louisville because at least in the first half and really even into the third quarter, they played Clemson really strong. And I just thought, especially at home, that would be enough to propel them over the edge. And uh turns out that I was right. However, this next one was one that we both got wrong. Notre Dame at Michigan. And Brian, we've both been really unimpressed with this Michigan Wolverines team. Offense has been really struggling to get anything going. Not so much in this one. Even though we picked against them, Michigan wins it 45-14. to
1: Yeah, big win for a Michigan team that needed it. Um, and you know, I, this game was hard because I, you made some great points. Kenya. we both have been, uh, really unimpressed with this Michigan team, but Notre Dame is consistently overrated, um, time and time again. And so this, this game was a hard one to pick, but, uh, I guess in that game, God bless the Wolverines (laughs) (laughs) and our last college game we covered was Indiana at Nebraska. And, you know, going into this, I. I you know, I said it was kind of shocking and kind of telling of a Nebraska season. When Indiana comes in to Memorial Stadium in Lincoln, Nebraska and is already and is favored by two points. Indiana ends up pulling
0: this off 38-31 Kenyon. Spooky, scary game. Spooky, scary game that I still got a, a win for here. Um I picked Indiana and it hurt my soul. Still hurts my soul that I had to do that. Um, uh, but I just couldn't see <sighs> with the, the way Nebraska was playing. And Nebraska played well at times in this game, but the lack of a defense is appalling. And it was especially appalling when they were wearing their black shirt, alternate jerseys, which were really cool. Loved them. And the effort was just not there. Uh, I watched the post game press conference with Scott Frost and, and he was, not pleased to say the least and and he's blaming going back to the culture again uh and actually that reminds me i gotta switch my loser because i had a loser and then i forgot it over the weekend i remembered it i'm gonna change it right now i'll get back to that but very very tough times very spooky times for the huskers not even just this year or last year but probably into the future
1: yeah, for sure, you know, and, and Kenyon, I think you made some great points, and I'm, I'm sure um, we will now get to that uh, later in the show. But, but yeah, some big problems in Lincoln, Nebraska, and some big, big problems for Scott Frost and his, and his squad. Uh, now we move on to the NFL. We had the Eagles at the Bills. I went with the Bills, you know, simply home team, having a good season. The Eagles Eagles, you know, I've picked them, and they kind of lost for me, but Eagles came out strong, won 31-13. Kenyon, you went with the Eagles on this one
0: yeah they were really fired up uh after the last couple of hard losses, and more importantly, I think uh this Eagles team is a is a team that has in, for this particular matchup Eagles have shown that they have some offensive capabilities, and the bills just don't really have that you know we sh- they showed it here again only scoring thirteen points i could pro- i think they've scored over twenty four points one time this season, so maybe two. They don't score a lot of points. They win off the backs of that defense, which is a fine way to win, but uh, it can cost teams, and it ended up costing this next one as well. Chargers at the Bears. Bears with probably the scariest, spookiest defense in the NFL. And, Brian, you went with the Bears, but I chose the Chargers again for that offense. This one was a lot closer, 17-16. to 16.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I simply – Went with the Bears, you know, on that defense, and specifically on, you know, kind of some inconsistencies that I've seen with Philip Rivers this year. But, you know, the Bears lose it in a close game, and and just kind of a quick side note that we won't spend a ton of time on. But, Kenny, and I don't know if you've heard, but uh, there is uh, there is some rumblings that uh, if Tom Brady decides to stay in the league and the Patriots don't give him what he wants that the Chargers could be a landing place for Tom Brady. So that is out there in the world. How believable it is is, in my opinion, not very believable. But uh, Yeah,
0: I've I've heard – I didn't hear the Chargers specifically. I heard there was some possibility that he might leave. That's not – this isn't the first time that that's come up, and I doubt it will be the last because he's not going anywhere. He's going to stay in New England no matter what. So (laughs) I – do not foresee anything happening there. But uh, we'll go ahead and move on. Buccaneers at the Titans. AFC South versus NFC South. Brian, we both picked Tennessee and the former Dolphins quarterback, Ryan Tannehill, and Titans won at 27-23.
1: Yeah, you know, when I when we looked at this game, I simply picked it because I cannot pick with Jameis Winston. Um when you have a when you have a game when you had, I believe it was five interceptions and two fumbles in one game, I'm never hardly gonna side with that. And so yeah, I just went with the Titans here and the you know, Titans came out and won it. And you know, as you said, congrats to Ryan Tannehill and you know, maybe this is maybe this is a good place for him. Maybe maybe this is the start of something. All right, the next game we have is the Cardinals at the Saints. Uh you know, the Saints Another team with a spooky, scary defense, and they just crushed the Cardinals, thirty-one to nine. We both picked the Saints.
0: Yeah, Drew Brees came back. He got the start. You know, we thought he would maybe be the backup, but suspected that he would be activated. Uh, and he actually did get the start. Played very well. Up over three hundred yards, three touchdowns, threw one interception, but had a pretty good game overall. So, uh, and you know, this Cardinals team is. Coming off of three straight wins, so it's definitely not nothing to beat them, especially heading into their bye week. All right, Panthers at the Niners. Brian, you keep making the mistake of going against the unbeaten 49ers uh, just because of of your own jaded opinions <laughs> of the past, and the Niners win it at 51-13. It costs you big. It did, it did, but you know, I did have other reasons
1: in this, you know, I, I had some faith in Kyle Allen, um, you know, in his time with the Panthers and what he's been able to do. But, uh, yes, uh, my, my, uh, my shaded vision, my, my (laughs) hatred for the 49ers for something that happened in the past has, has hurt me time and time again. So who knows, maybe in the future I will change or maybe I will just consistently, uh, take an L. And then the one time they lose, I'll be like, see, I told y'all they can lose, but
0: uh, (laughs) we will see. We will see. But you know, what's interesting when you mention Kyle Allen is he loses one game to an unbeaten team. And all of a sudden everybody stops wondering whether when cam is healthy, whether Kyle Allen is going to stay the starting quarterback or not. And everybody is, Oh, yep. It's cam. It's cam Newton. Cam Newton's the guy. He's the guy. Exactly. (laughs) That's just, just the topsy turvy nature of the NFL is, amazing sometimes. People lose games, guys. It it happens. It's um, even even the Patriots never went 19 and 0. 18 wins but one giant loss. Okay, Raiders at the Texans. Uh Brian, we both picked the Texans. They won it 27 to 24.
1: Yeah, you know, I I don't think there was really any question that the Texans were going to win this game, you know, going into it. Um you know, and I, and really, you know, with this game as close as it was, I think, I think in a way, it, you know, the Raiders can kind of take away that I think they're, they're close. And what I mean by they're close, I just think they're close to finally getting to a point where, you know, there's not, there's not as much disappointment. I'm not saying they're close to a Super Bowl, but, but they're, they're, they're close in making those things work. Um, and so, you know, you know, hold tight. I know it's hard, especially when you're paying your coach $10 million a year for, 10 years but hold tight i think the raider they're they're on the cusp i think they're getting there
0: and the raiders would have won that game were it not for a couple of really really immaculate plays by deshaun watson and he basically willed this game to be a w for houston at home so that was really the key difference especially doing it with one eye for part of it so really (laughs) really impressive
1: there it is all right, so our last game was Kenyon's favorite team, the Packers, ah, at the Chiefs. Saying that at the Chiefs, That's, and, that's been the scariest thing of the night. <laughs> and you know the the thing is, we we both picked the Packers going into this. Um, basically a lot to do with the absence of Pat Mahomes. But actually, this game, you know, stayed pretty pretty close. And Kansas City actually, you know they they were down early, fourteen, you know, and actually, you know, was fighting back very well. But uh, credit to what I consider one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, Aaron Rodgers, Kenyon's favorite, and uh, you know they end up winning. Uh, Packers, I believe, are now I want to say is it seven and one, six seven and, one? and one, seven, seven and one. one. So go Pack, go Kenyon. What do Uh-oh. you have to say about this game?
0: Oh, uh, stuff of nightmares. Uh, I was actually really impressed with Chiefs' uh, stand-in quarterback. I believe his name is Matt Moore. Matt uh, Moore he came out of California two weeks ago coaching high school football and Andy Reed gave him a call and said, Hey, you want to play in the NFL? And he was like, not really. I'm pretty happy with what I'm doing right now. <laughs> and Andy said, well, you know, you can always coach high school football. Uh, you can't always play the NFL and talked to his wife. And his wife was like, yeah, go play in the NFL for a little bit. So yeah, no, <laughs> he did. And he actually did a really good job. You know, he wasn't flawless on the day, but I don't think he threw a pick um, through two touchdowns. So, Really, pretty impressive for him, and I, I think the Chiefs, Chiefs are going to be okay at least for a little while without Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, you want to get Pat back; he's the former MVP. So he's kind of been undergoing a little bit of a spooky Madden curse this year. So, uh, not an easy season for Patrick Mahomes. But I think the Chiefs, you know, give him some mid-range competition. I don't know who they got next, but give them some mid range competition. And, and I think they'll come out with a win. All right. Mentioned it before get just recap again, 12 to eight, Brian 60 to 53, four, four and one, man, am I crushing it? Uh, you
1: know, you know, Kenyon, uh, every dog has its day and the years is going to come to an end very quickly. So just, we'll just see. know that, just know that. Um, and also just honorable mention, um, I believe, uh, Jason, my um, buddy I work with, had ten wins this week. So once again, I take the L from two the, the areas. I took so many L's this past weekend, it, guys. It's not even funny. I just, I just can't. But yes, I took another L. But Kenyon, I guess you get to keep your your job is safe now that you've beat Jason. So um, well, that's
0: something I'm not used to hearing. <laughs> no, but... but uh... <laughs> But uh, no, I, I told Jason I was coming for him, and and, uh, and I did. So I <laughs> got to keep swinging. All right, winners and losers for the week. Now, Brian, I've actually got uh, I got co-winners this week, and and okay. I, it's for a reason. So first of all, the Eagles defensive tackle Gerald McCoy. He's a winner for me, you know. Longtime Tampa Bay Buccaneer. He's got his family in Tampa Bay. He has a son right now, currently playing high school football in the Tampa Bay area. And he was on a, on an away game, and he couldn't couldn't go watch his son on his senior day. Really hard moment for him. But everybody uh, from the from the Buccaneers that on that D line that he was with for so long. They went to the game for him and represented him there, and they were the ones who who supported him. They sent out a, a lovely video on Twitter on social media, and it was just super awesome. NFL kind of capitalized on it for capitalism and kind of corrupted it in my mind a little bit. You know, with the I mean, it's true. It they they put out like and the football is family. Their tagline, which is fine, but it is, but. it just seemed like they were kind of capitalizing on something that these guys did just to be awesome and nice and uh, really show off their brotherhood. So I kind of wasn't a huge fan of of the NFL, but who really likes the NFL as as a governing body? But really, Gerald McCoy is a winner for having friends like that that are going to go out of their way to make him and his family feel special. All right, my other co-winner is... Maybe you'll be surprised by this. Maybe you won't, Brian. Matthew Stafford. And why is Matthew Stafford my winner for the week as well? It's because he passed this past game against the New York Giants. He passed Joe Montana to be 19th in all-time passer list. Way to go, Matt Stafford. Also, some fun facts in terms of touchdowns. He is tied for second in touchdowns in the NFL right now. Russell Wilson, is first with 17, Aaron Rodgers also tied there with 16 with Matthew Stafford. An interesting thing to note is that Rodgers and Wilson have both played eight football games, and Matthew Stafford has only played seven. Interesting there. The last five games, Stafford has thrown 11 touchdowns, two picks. He did throw a pick against the Giants. That was honestly quite awful. But overall, really good. Another 300-yard day. I think it was 342 three touchdowns, and then did have a pick in there. But really good day. Didn't throw an incompletion in the second half and is continuing his monster season. All right, and my loser for the week, Brian, are you ready for this? I'm ready. My loser for the week is Mike Riley. And you may be wondering why I chose Mike Riley as my loser of the week. And the answer is quite simple. For those of you who know me, I have a list of three people that are my most hated people in sports. Number one (laughs) is Aaron Rodgers. Number two is Joe Buck. Number three used to be Madison Bumgarner, but he kind of dropped out a little bit after the Royals came back to win the next World Series and time has gone by, and I still don't like him at all, but he isn't quite the hatred of number three. Mike Riley this past weekend, he fit up into that number three because I decided uh, with very little evidence, but it's probably true, I think, that Mike Riley is the reason that Nebraska is still so bad that he just trashed his program as hard as he did. And Now, he's such a nice guy that I can't really hate him as an individual, as a person, the way I do the other two, but I really despise everything that he did professionally and everything that he did for our program and for our culture, so... Mike Riley you are the loser but don't feel too bad for the guy he's still going to go out and get some ice cream tonight
1: yeah so before I jump into my winner or loser, I do want to say something about you bring up Mike Riley Kenyon I'm actually going to disagree with you I do not believe Mike Riley is sold to blame for the terrible culture at Nebraska and the, and the reason I say that is you know last year there obviously wasn't um very high expectations for a Nebraska team that had come off with Mike Riley. And, you know, then they ended up, you know, they went four and eight. But when you looked at, at basically their second half of the season, the team seemed to come together. They were playing a lot better, lost a close game against Ohio state, you know, ended up winning their the four games they had. So I think there's a bigger issue here. And I think it's in a way it, and I'm not saying they haven't, but I think it's time for Scott Frost and his staff to take responsibility for it um, because it it just seemed at the end of last year, you had this team come together and now you have more, uh, you still have a lot of, you know, Riley recruits and Riley players, but you are now having Scott Frost players in there. So I don't understand really so much disconnect. I'm not saying Mike Riley's innocent in this situation, but I think. It's, it's a lot less to do with that and there's something else going on because I think you saw players buying in at the end of last year and now all of a sudden they're not buying in. So there's, there's this big disconnect. There's this big problem. I think part of it is I don't think the team has enough leaders. Um, they need some guys to step up. They need them to step up and basically put the players in place. Um, I ended up seeing, you know, after kind of after the press conference, Scott Frost had all his assistants go and he had a, a meeting with the players and, you know, apologize for uh, some of the comments he made, you know, I think now it's time for a players meeting. I think that's one thing we haven't really heard um, happening yet. And I I just think there's, there's really no leadership on this Nebraska's team. So I would say that's a bigger issue. Um, Not discrediting Kenyon, you picking Mike as a loser. I think he does have, you know, a role to play in this. Uh, But I think there's a, there's a bigger issue in this new coaching staff uh, that needs to be figured out. All right. So I will move into my winner and loser. Uh, So my winner for the week is the Kansas state Wildcats, Oklahoma pretty much sought after as the number one in the big 12. Um, Analysts are saying, you know, in terms of playoff picture, they've been waiting to see this Oklahoma team. They know they had the offense, but they're waiting to see the defense Oklahoma played and beat Texas. And all of a sudden you start hearing, oh, this team's got defense. This is great. Kansas state showed us otherwise. Uh, Kansas state held their own against Oklahoma and in ways kind of embarrassed Oklahoma because they had the game in control for the most, most part. And I think one of the funnier things is, is Oklahoma kicked it on side, got the Ball come to find out it bounced off an Oklahoma player's knee. Illegal half touching, a yard. half Can- a yard. yeah Kansas State, ball- Kansas State ball. So I thought that was even a better ending. Thank you, Kansas State, for showing up. Uh, Oklahoma, you did everyone in the Big Twelve a favor. And so I greatly appreciate that, but also just, just hats off to Kansas state, you know, a team who's under a new coach and, and really doing some special things this season that I definitely didn't see. And I think a lot of people in the big 12 did not see coming and it was very spooky. I had nightmares. I got scared. My loser for the week is the Texas longhorns went into Fort Worth to play the TCU horn, uh, horned frogs end up losing the game. Uh, Sam Ellinger had four interceptions. Uh, TCU just looked good. And Texas had opportunities to basically put the game away and just couldn't take them. Um, But I think the thing is here is, you know, there's a lot of people complaining about the defense and they're saying it's the defense's fault. It's the defense's fault. Defense didn't play great, but also Sam Ellinger threw two picks that ended up giving TCU the ball at their own 36 and their own like 30, 25. So like, you can't you can't really ex- expect the defense to do a whole heck of a lot there, um, and this defense is still so banged up. I mean, it's it everybody has their injuries, but when you have in your secondary basically third and fourth string guys, a bunch of them playing all over the place, there's gonna be a lot of problems. Um, now, I'm not you know s- trying to make myself high and mighty. I definitely have been that guy during the game who's called for the firing of the defensive coordinator called it for the firing of the offensive coordinator. I I've called <laughs> Brian, for them all.
0: Brian, you call always for people to be fired. I mean, <laughs> pr- pr- mean prime,
1: prime, prime example. I'm watching this Texas game. They could keep, they could get the ball back and the game would be a 10 point game. And they, it's a third and 11 for TCU. D- they blitz everybody. Quarterback just kind of throws up a ball defender right on the receiver. And this, this has just made me sick. Could definitely could have batted the ball down, even picked it. Defender turns the opposite direction. Receiver catches the ball because the defender lost the ball. I instantly yelled that that guy can go sit on the bus. He should never play for Texas ever again. I was very upset. Um, But I think the, the bigger problem for this Texas team is you have an amazing quarterback. He's really good. He cares about that team. He's a leader on that team. And yes, he threw four picks in this game. The last one was it was on a fourth down at the end of the game. He's just trying to push the ball to try to get another chance. So really he threw three and then the fourth one. But the bigger problem here is this offense, and there's injuries on this on this side of the ball too. It's so one-dimensional. It's absolutely sick. There is no run game to speak of. So everybody knows it's going to get thrown. And the worst part is is it's going to get thrown more than likely to two receivers. Now there's other receivers on the field and they're good receivers, but they just keep pinging these certain, you know, the certain receivers that are running the same play time and time again. It is abs- it's, it's sick. There's no reason the offense should be so one dimensional. Um, so, you know, I, I've said it and I, I hate saying this, you know, as a fan, I will always stay a fan of Texas. But there is a very real possibility for these Longhorns, you know, these, this last stretch of games for having, you know, kind of a strong start to the season, there's a chance they don't become bowl eligible. And that's sick. You, you know, you go from the year before where you go to the sugar bowl, you beat Georgia, you know, everything looks great. And now there's a chance we don't even make a bowl game. So Texas got to get some things figured out. They have a bye week to do that. And But they they do have some tough games coming ahead. They have Kansas State, they have Baylor, they have Iowa State away, and they finish out the season with Texas Tech. So, you know, some big games coming up. Now, if they can come out and win these, there is still a very small chance with the loss for Oklahoma. If Oklahoma were to lose to Baylor and then Texas were to beat Baylor, there is a chance Texas would still go to the Big 12 title game. But if they would have wins against TCU, basically they controlled their own destiny. Now it all is based on how Baylor does and how Oklahoma does and how all these t- other teams do. So unlikely Texas goes to the big 12 title title game, but if they win out, there is a, there is a shot. Uh, so longhorns longhorn fans hold steady. There is a chance, but I, I, you know, kind of with Nebraska, there's, there's a lot of things that need to change, um, to get to that point. Um, so Brian,
0: Yes. What I'm hearing is, is that your DB's coach should be replaced by a cat.
1: Yes, there's a very good possibility, especially <laughs> in that instance. All the guy really had to do is stick both arms out and he would have hit the ball. But,
0: so For those yes. of you who don't know, we have we have a, a running joke that a defender is a cat batting a ball of yarn and the football is the ball of yarn. You just got to go and swat it. Meow, meow. Just, just swap the just swat the ball away.
1: So you know, that that's all they had to do, but uh yeah, so you know uh both Nebraska and Texas have by or I am I right, Ken, Nebraska Nebraska's a bye week as well?
0: Uh no, Nebraska already had their bye week. Um they're playing I wanna say like I think I think I they did, get another did, bye. Didn't write it down because it wasn't worth Looking at, <laughs> um, I want to say uh, they. they go, oh, they go to Purdue. That's what it is.
1: No, that. Oh yeah, yeah. go to right. Purdue.
0: You're right. I, know. I don't know
1: why. I don't know why
0: I thought they had a. Yeah, you were like dead set on it too.
1: Had yeah. a buy. I I do apologize. Not the for first listening. time you've been wrong. Oh, ho, 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 I do. <laughs> I do apologize. But no. Um. So, and you know, for that Nebraska team, that game is is very important. All right, okay. we will move on to the. Uh, MLB playoffs. So as we are recording right now, it is currently game seven between the Houston Astros and the Washington Nationals. And, you know, this, this series has been, has been absolutely wild. Um, You know, you had the Nationals jump out to a 2-0 lead and then Houston come back and win, uh, let's see, three straight. And then, you know, the Nationals ended up. Uh, winning game six. And actually, currently, it is the bottom of the fourth, but the Houston Astros up one nothing. But definitely has been a fun series, Kenyon.
0: Yeah, and what's what's really interesting to me about this series is that there haven't really been any close games. It seems like they've all been pretty much been blowouts uh, if you look at the margins. Let me pull them up here. Game one... Is actually the closest game, five to four nationals, game two, twelve to three nationals, game three, four to one Astros, Game Four, eight to one Astros, Game Five, Seven to One Astros, Game Six, Seven to Two Nationals, and as you said, right now, one-nothing Astros. They've been a lot of lopsided games inside of this series, which tells me that these two teams are pretty evenly matched. We've seen a lot of pretty good pitching from the nationals at times. We've seen some great hitting from both, both teams. And uh, certainly last night, Dustin Verlander didn't have his top stuff, but it's been a real back and forth series. You know, there've been eliminations for, for both teams. And i tell you what, I, I don't really know who's going to win tonight. Could be anybody, but uh, as of right now, just as a reminder to everyone, Brian, you did pick the nets and I picked the Astros, but I, think it's going to come down to the ninth inning
1: I'd have to agree I think I think this you know series has been so you know back and forth so so I think this game you know it's it's going to be uh, I think this game might be you know very tight Um, and so so we will see but yes I I'm sticking with the Nats I think I think they just I don't know they just have that feel they have that feel all right, so we'll move on to our next segment, and that'll be bet the house. Um, so last week, I do believe I did okay. Uh, the Texas game was definitely egg on my face. Um, yeah, so I believe that was that was a bad one, but I think the other ones I did just fine on. Um, so for this week, I do have three games for you. Given my bet the house on one of my. Fr- on the first NFL game I have done uh, for this segment, Uh, Kenyon asked me to keep an eye on this one. So I do think it's quite interesting. So the lions will head to Oakland to play the Raiders and the Raiders are favored by two now predominantly, at least in college. And I believe it'd be the same for the Raiders. The home team normally gets about a six point advantage. So to, to help with, to help with the spread. Now, you know, playing, playing at Oakland can be tough. You know, you're playing on the baseball field.
0: La- last week when I was uh, when I pointed out to you, they were dead even. I've never seen a line just say even before, so uh, that was why I had you look at it. Um, interesting to see that what it is now.
1: Yeah, so Kenyon, I, I'm sorry to do this to you, but I'm going to say bet the house on the Raiders. Um, I think, as I said, I think this is a team that's kind of on the cusp, of, and this is this is a win that that would look you know good for them, a win that they need. Um, and, you know, for the lions, th- you know, this is an important one, um, because, you know, kind of start out really strong. Um, and you know, have kind of, kind of evened out and kind of, kind of skidding, skidding some games that they shouldn't have. Um, and so I, I'm going to give this one to the Raiders simply because they're at home. It's a different kind of field to play on. Um, and like I said, I, I feel like the Raiders are kind of on that cusp, but, but this game, yeah, it, there's a reason this spread is so low. They it's really kind of a coin flip but i think the raiders by three points um next game we got or the one that i picked uh michigan heads to maryland michigan is favored by 21 points so you know after that impressive win against notre dame you know i think i think you know very impressive and i think uh you know it's possibility that, that it saves jim harbaugh at least for another year but I think you know coming off that they're definitely probably looking past Maryland Maryland has not looked good uh since their first couple of games, and that was against pretty weak opponents. However, I think in a way uh this is a game where Michigan could come off such a high that you know they they kind of struggle against Maryland and Maryland being at home this is you know this would be a big game for them to try to try to jump start the rest of their season um so i'm gonna I'm gonna say bet the house for Maryland um they more than likely will still lose this game. Um, but I don't believe it'll be by 21. I think 21 is just a little too much. And then the last game I picked was a Big 12 matchup. West Virginia heads into Waco, Texas to play Baylor. Baylor is fared by 17 and a half points. I think this is way too low. Um, this is a West Virginia team that against, uh, when they played Texas and, you know, kind of played Texas close, but I believe their quarterback threw like three or four interceptions. Um, Baylor is looking very strong this year, you know, that they're really trying to make a statement in the big 12 and so i think they continue this i think they probably win by probably close to 28 points you know this is the big 12 where uh, a lot of points can get scored very fast so um those are my three picks for bet the house you know you could win three houses so uh, well bet the house
0: i'll call you on it here uh next week all right moving on here to Probably the the biggest news of the year in terms of sports, the NCAA, Brian, voted to allow players to profit off of their names. You know, we saw the bill pass in California. New York was trying. From the article I read from the Associated Press, it basically said the NCAA decided, you know what? These people can't tell us what to do. We're going to do it ourselves, and that's what they did. So (laughs) now you can, you know, go play college football. You can sign autographs. You can do endorsements and all that kind of stuff, get you paid for your Jersey and all that. And that is all going to be allowed now, Brian. um, What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah. You know, I'm a, I'm a pretty uh, staunch opponent for paying college athletes. And and I only say that because I, I think it, I think it affects the, um, I guess the kind of like, uh, um, just simply you're playing the game because you love the game. I mean, obviously college sports you play to try to make it to the next level, but, but there's just something about college sports that it's so much different than uh, the professional sports. And, and part of that's the talent, but it's also, I just feel like there's, there's more of this affection and love for the game. And, and I feel in some instances, this is, a, this is a chance that we lose this, but let's just take college football, for example, you know, in college football, we love every year when we can see, you know, an Appalachian State beat Michigan in, in a last-second field goal and where Kansas State can knock off Oklahoma or South Carolina can knock off Georgia. You know, so many other games I can think of that were big upsets. And you just wonder, you know, we don't know yet. The NCAA has, you know, has voted on this and said, yes, we're going to do it. But we don't know the specific rules are going to come out yet. Um, it's still going to be a couple of years before this is fully implemented. But you almost got to wonder how this is going to affect some of those teams like a Boise state or an Eastern Carolina or an Appalachian state, because these are such small markets. So, you know, if I'm a player and I'm able to, you know, basically profit off my likeness and my name. Am I not gonna want to go to the biggest uh you know the biggest market and, and Kenyon, I don't know how you feel about this, but me personally, I think this this is a big win for the bigger market in the power five than anybody.
0: Yeah, and I've touched on that before and, and I think even within power five, you why would you go to Purdue or Vanderbilt when you could go to even even to not play? You know, you can go to like Ohio State or you could go uh, to in and, and the SEC, maybe you go to something like I don't, Tennessee. Even you, like Tennessee is not that good right now, but they're a huge market. Uh, you know, they got the whole state there basically. Um, so I think I think there's a lot of things like that that uh, go into it as well. The the disparity even within Power Five that's going to get really really drawn out. You got you know Alabama already. You know they're they're a national team at this point. The same with Clemson, um, Ohio State definitely is. Stanford kind of a little bit. Oregon for sure is going to explode. Texas I could see doing it as well. So there there's just there's these these markets that are almost national brands more than uh teams already so i think that a lot of that is going to come into play and i'm not sure that i I like where that is going i will say the good thing about this is that hopefully we can get some ncaa football back cross your fingers maybe it'll happen but that's that's the positive that i've got for it
1: yeah you know that you mentioned that i was actually just gonna bring that up uh you know that's definitely a big positive for a lot of people and you know bring back all the college games. I loved playing like NCAA basketball, NCAA baseball was pretty good, but Ken and I, I, I'd like to kind of, you know, think about this and kind of, you know, kind of get your thoughts on this. Uh So like, you know, let's say EA does that. They, they bring it back, which before this was announced EA did say that they had interest in, in getting back and bringing these games back. So then, you know, what we got to consider here is one, how is EA sports going to pay that? Is it going to, are they basically going to pay like a set amount for each school and somehow you divvy that up? And so, you know, that, that just adds a whole complexity to, yeah, EA wants to do this and EA makes a ton of money off this, but how, how do you, how do you divvy that up? Up and, you know, you gotta, everybody on the team is, you know, you would think the roster is going to be very similar. The likeness will be there. You know, how do you, how do you do that? And then, you know, there's going to be the starters are going to be like, well, yeah, but we're consistently put on the game. So I I think that just adds a very complex nature to this. It's on in certain instances like that, if I can profit off my likeness and I have NCA football over here, how, how, I guess, how, how is that paid? Um, and I think that just adds, you know, complex issue to this.
0: Yeah. I don't, I don't have an answer for you. I would leave that one to the mathematicians and the lawyers of the world to try to figure that one out. That's way above my pay grade here, Brian. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, you know, I think more importantly, even I, I, that is, that is an issue. And I, I would guess that there's a certain percentage of the profits that would go back to the schools that would then get distributed evenly between schools that would then get divvied up by the players. I don't know. I I always preferred the idea of instead of paying college players for NCAA, instead putting that money in like a trust fund or something like that that they can access after they're out of college. I always thought that would have been a better way to do it anyway, but uh, I guess they never really did. But the thing that's interesting to me is – Say you have a, a running back who is also a 100-yard dash sprinter. And maybe he's a way, and I think I've brought this up before. Say he's a way better 100-yard sprinter, like Olympic level. He's not going to do that in college anymore. He's going to be going to play, play running back. And even if he's not quite as good at running back, he's going to switch to football because it pays and track won't you're not going to get that recognition from track you're not going to get the autographs or the deals or anything like that so all of these non-profit earning sports you're rowing your rifle rodeo sometimes lots of r's apparently bowling there's a not r word uh you know all swimming even is it's you're you're looking at all of these events and all these sports that aren't going to get that are already Subsidized by uh, the profit sports anyway, and that's why they exist. That it's going to be harder and harder to find athletes for those sports, and it's going to be harder to keep the competition level for that good. So I think there's some issues there as well.
1: Yeah, I think I think that's an interesting point. And and you know, like you know, this is this is what tasks the NCA here because you know they said that you can you know profit off your name and you know that, but. If if they don't if they don't kind of put the rules in place, I mean just think about how easy now it would be for you know, like for example, it's very cut and dry. If you sell a jersey with my name on it, then you you know, yeah, I should now under this on its face, I should get a cut of that. But tell me there won't be players who are gonna try to go after their athletic departments on well, my likeness, you know, I'm out there on the field for you. And that's part of the reason you have people in the stands. Like there's just so much complexity to this and so many like different facets of income that students are now or student athletes are going to now try to get that. I think this is just going to cause a big mess. But I I think another thing is, and we've seen it a lot in, uh, not so much in professional baseball but a lot more in the professional football and the in professional basketball but you know and Ken and I you and I saw this in our time in in Lincoln and I could only imagine at some of these bigger schools you know we we used to see you know we'd go out on the weekends and we'd see you know uh students just drop an exuberance amount of money at a bar or you know just on activities on the weekend now take that with now you're paying these players. Some of them are now going to be able to get in, you know, get endorsements while in school. So, you know, they're going to have all this money. What's, you know, and we, and we see this, you know, a lot with professional athletes already that, you know, have this money, you have this access, you have the ability to do all these things. A lot of times you get yourself into trouble, get yourself into sticky situations. And, and I think that's, That's another thing that, you know, schools are going to have to deal with because these students are going to be like, look at all this money I got. I can now do all these things. And I, I think that leads to the possibility of driving them into more, more troubling situations.
0: Well, I would I would just like to make a disclaimer in case my mother is listening. Hi, mom, that I never spent exuberant amounts of money at a bar because I never went to bars. That's just a waste of money and time. Oh my and, god! And, and uh, yeah, I just wasn't really about that life when I was in college. Oh. But oh my! But uh, no, I, I in term to your point, I see what you're saying, but I'll counter with we see a lot of athletes get into sticky situations when they go out anyway already so i don't actually think that there will be that big of a difference there i will say that in terms of jersey sales the way it works professionally is it's actually profit shared among the league so you have uh i think i've said it before so yankees jerseys sell more than anything else's and the Yankees only receive a portion of that. Part of the reason the Kansas City Royals stay afloat is cuz they're getting Yankee sales. And obviously not just, I'm just using that as an example, but that's true. I mean, it gets divvied up amongst the league. So are are these sales for uh JK Dobbins at Ohio State is that going to help Indiana or Rutgers at all? Is that going to I have no idea. Uh I don't think they want it to by the way it sounds, but it, I mean got to take some of that into consideration as well
1: yeah that's that's a good point but yeah i think i think the biggest thing about this is just there's there's gonna add so much different complexities and level and and right now it's a lot of it's speculation because we've only seen on the face you know you see the big headlines that says you know NCA basically you know allowing these players to profit off their likeness and their name but we don't know what that means yet. We don't know what's still going to be restricted. We don't know to what extent uh, the NCAA is going to allow that. So there's still a lot of questions out there. But but uh, at least for me, I see this is this is largely going to be not a good situation. Um, and I mean, I think the big the biggest you know negative outside of the ones, but Kenyon, I think you brought up the most important negative is these. Basically, non-profit sports—basically, the ones that you know, like track and rodeo and bowling and you know all those kinds of things. There's going to be, you know, there's going to be now, you know, students who are not going to really pursue those anymore because that's not going to make me money. Um, at least, as it's currently stated now, if if you know, Kenyon, you have a point. If if there's going to be some kind of profit sharing, basically between the NCA, then then there's still possibilities. Sports stay afloat, but I I think that's probably the biggest negative and really the only real positive I see right now is possibility of NCAA sports video games coming back. But uh, we will definitely have to see how this unfolds, um, especially as more states propose legislation.
0: Yeah, but I think we probably covered that enough for right now. So let's get into our picks for the week, try to get out of here and let you enjoy your spooky night. Um, So, Brian... We got a good one here. I didn't get a chance to type in my picks yet, so we're going to have to do this on the fly once more. We already talked about it, Michigan, at Maryland. You said you're going Michigan. I'll go ahead and join you on that with Michigan.
1: All right. I think, I think that's a good pick. I think um, you know this team might con- you know look past this game and come out a little sluggish, but I think they're definitely way more prepared, um, and this should be probably a pretty easy one for them. Uh next game we got is Virginia Tech out of Notre Dame. You know, Notre Dame coming off that off that uh loss big loss against uh Michigan. Virginia te- Tech, you know, not super special team. They yeah, I believe they're five and three, I wanna say, somewhere in there. It's not having a bad season. Uh you know what? I'm gonna go with the Hokies. Kenyon, is God gonna bless the Hokies?
0: Yeah, here's here's what I would say. Virginia Tech is not a smart pick here. Notre Dame is definitely the smart pick. However, I will also say that it wasn't smart to pick David over Goliath, or very tired analogy. It wasn't very smart to pick Gideon over the oh boy. um <laughs> was that the Philistines too? I have I forgot uh, that was it wasn't smart to pick God's team on any of those. And while you think that Notre Dame may be God's team, clearly you haven't seen enough college game day. God loves the Hokies, Brian, Virginia Tech.
1: <laughs> Great pick. Great pick. All <laughs> right. Big, big SEC game with a lot of playoff implications. Number eight, Georgia, goes into the swamp. Number six, Florida, Kenyon. Where are you going on this one?
0: Mm interesting interesting you know i actually don't think there's as many playoff implications here as as you might as one might say at its glance um florida i think they're still their one loss is to lsu i think that's their only loss so Mm -hmm. they have a chance at getting in there but i don't think i don't think they're going to beat out bama for it so and and, uh, george after losing to south carolina is, is out so i'm I'm going to lean Florida here because I really don't like Jake Fromm in any kind of big situation. Uh, uh, and, and he didn't have a good game in that South Carolina game and hasn't really had a super great game since then either. And I just – I really don't like him. And I, I like Georgia quarterbacks. Matt Stafford's from, from Georgia, but I just don't really like Jake Fromm at all. He's never developed into that superstar he was supposed to.
1: Yeah, I think the swamps too much for the Bulldogs here. I, I'm going with Florida, and and you know, I think you know whoever wins this game on the like like you said on the face, based on their win laws, playoffs not necessarily there, but they can really shake up the SEC and have a chance to bring some momentum to knock off possibly an Alabama. So, you know, this it has implications on no matter. Uh, what has it, especially has implications in the SEC. So the next game we go to is a rivalry game, Miami at Florida State, a Florida State team that is struggling under Willie Taggart and a Miami team under Manny Diaz that has made some shocking wins this year, but has also had some heartbreak. Kenyon,
0: where do you go here? You know, it. it I think they both are a 500 team. I think I think they're both four and four. So think so you can't, something like that. yeah you, you can't pick a base off a of record alone and, and you rarely actually can but i'm thinking in this one i'm gonna lean towards the Crimicanes. um you know i think they have a couple of better wins and a, a near loss or a, a near win to, to florida earlier on in the year so i'm gonna i'm gonna go with the Crimicanes in this one uh, i don't think it's particular a uh, blowout or anything like that but i think i think they'll win it
1: yeah, I think I think this is a safe bet to go with the current Canes as as much as it's just under Willie Taggart, it's so dysfunctional at Florida State, and I and I it's just hard to pick with them. And Manny Diaz, him and I, we have some bad blood with his time at Texas, but I think he can beat the Florida State Seminoles, so I'm going with the current Canes as well. All right, Kenyon, the spooky yeah. scary game of the week for the you, scariest game. <laughs> So now we have a we have two teams in the Big 12 who have come off big wins for them just in terms of momentum. Uh, you have TCU who beat Texas. Big step forward for them. And you have Oklahoma State who went into Ames and knocked off number 23, Iowa State. Kenyon, what does Mike Gundy's hair tell you to do?
0: Clearly it's been lying to me this whole time. <laughs> uh, I've I've lost this pick and then picked for them and then I've lost this pick and picked against them. Yeah, it doesn't matter what I do. Uh, I'll, I'll choose Oklahoma State in this one. Brian, if you're smart, I guess that means you're going to take TCU. You're darn right. And <laughs>
1: Kenyon, I don't think you'd ever think that you'd ever hear somebody from Omaha say this, but God bless Council Bluffs. TCU's quarterback is from Council Bluffs. And as much as it hurt me to watch him beat my Longhorns, he came out with a fire and a passion and he is the, the move forward for TCU. And the thing is, is, you know, playing, you know, going into Oklahoma state, it's so difficult, you know, it's a loud and it's a hostile environment just in in terms of how, you know, invested their fans are, but, you know, it's an Oklahoma state, you know, big win against Iowa state. And. In TCU, you know, I'd, I'd like to say it's a big win against Texas, but with how beat up Texas is and how they're playing, it's it's hard to say how great of a win that really was. But I just think Gary Patterson's getting his team back. All the credit to Mike Gundy. I love the man, uh, but I think the Horned Frogs are just too much. And Kenyon's picking the, the Cowboys, so how can you pick with Kenyon on that?
0: Yeah, you really shouldn't ever. <laughs>
1: All right, a Pac-12 matchup, number nine, Utah at Washington. This this is a big one for the Pac-12.
0: Yeah, Washington's always a really loud place to play. Uh, Not currently ranked, but they're a tough football team as usual. I'm going to go with Utah on this one. They edged out Arizona State and well, actually they they beat them pretty well. But I think they're gonna I think they're gonna get it done on the road this week as well.
1: Yeah, you know, Utah was the team I picked to win the Pac-Twelve this year. And, you know, there was one week where I was like, No, like I, I just have not seen it anymore. I'm back on the train. I believe they've got it. They're looking really good. Um and yeah, I just think they're just too much for Washington. All right. Big non-Power 5 game, number 15 SMU behind the stellar former Texas quarterback Shane Bouchel at number 24 Memphis. Kenyon, you're normally a a Memphis guy. How do you pick this one?
0: Yeah, I normally am a Memphis guy, but they really let me down against Temple. So I'm going to abandon them the same way they abandoned me, and I'm going to go SMU.
1: SMU is definitely the better choice here. Um, Memphis is a tough team, and, and going into Memphis, it's, it's never an easy game. But SMU is doing something they haven't done since they got the death penalty, and, and Shane is just looking really, really good this year. Um, so I think it's definitely a safe bet. Another interesting game, this one out of the ACC, Virginia at North Carolina. North Carolina behind Mac Brown and you know, making some, some waves in his first season in Virginia that's been an up-and-down team all year. Kenyon, this one's kind of a tough one.
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting when you think about the things that North Carolina's been able to do this year. They've fought some some teams really well to have a narrow loss, and they've kind of been beaten by some teams that you wouldn't have expected them to. So it's kind of a back and forth year for Mac Brown, and that's actually gonna make me lean Virginia on this one against even on the road. I think. That they're just a little bit more consistent, not a lot more consistent, mind you, but a little bit more. I think, I think they're going to be able to get it done.
1: All right, interesting pick, but in the words of Lee Corso, "Not so fast." Uh, Mac Brown has done some pretty amazing things in his first year uh, back to North Carolina, including a one-point loss against uh, at the time number one Clemson. Um, I think just for you know being at home, and, and this is you know this is a this would be a big win for that program just to solidify what they've done in this first year under Mac Brown. And, and Virginia has been kind of inconsistent. You know, we've, we've actually picked a lot of their games and, and in times when you really think they should win, they either win really close or it's, you know, it's, they lose. Um, so I'm going North Carolina here. All right. Another big game for the PAC 12 number seven, Oregon goes in to USC you know USC has been a topic of discussion all year, depending on uh, the future for head coach Clay Helton. Kenyon, how are you feeling about the Ducks or the Trojans?
0: Well, you know I'm I'm really high on this Oregon team, and I think it's going to be interesting to see whether uh, um, Oregon or Utah wins whenever they play off. But uh, it it should be a fun one, and I I think I think Oregon's offensive line is just. An incredible force of nature, and you know, know, obviously they got a really talented guy throwing the football as well, and a defense that is a little bit spooky. So I'm gonna go with Oregon in this. I don't think USC's got quite enough to beat them.
1: Oh, Kenyon, 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 not so fast. I think what's important to look at here is you know, Oregon. Oregon's definitely. You know, done some impressive things. But we also have to look at this USC team that, you know, a lot of people wrote off, said Clay Helton's out. They're actually tied for number one in the Pac 12 South. Now, Pac 12, not super impressive, but they're on a two game win streak, five and three overall. And, you know, their losses aren't, you know, they're not against like, they're not bad losses. Let's put it that way. Um, I'm going to go with the Trojans here. I think they. You know, they're at home and I think they, they realize that if if they win this, there's a chance. I mean, uh, you know, they'd have to, they'd have to win out, but there's a chance they could win the PAC 12 South. And I think, you know, for them, I mean, that's a huge accomplishment, but something that definitely, I think would save Clay Hilton's job. And I think a lot of those players are going to rally around him and, uh, definitely try their best to get this game, in. and I think they do in a very close one. But I think this Oregon team uh just doesn't come prepared.
0: Ooh, I don't know about that. All right, NFL. Uh, finally, we're getting into some of the professional stuff. We got starting off that Lions Raiders game. Now, this may come as a surprise to you, Brian, but it also may not come as a surprise to you. I am going to pick Detroit. Um, coming off a solid, though far from perfect win against the Giants. They do still have a lot of work to do, but didn't make any major moves at the trade deadline, really showed that, you know, after Quandre. So they really are trying to show these this team that they like what they've got and that they're competitive. So Matt Stafford is playing under what normal circumstances you could probably say is an, is an MVP-type year. Definitely, I think, should be in the talks for MVP don't know if he necessarily should be m v p We'll wait until week seventeen to decide that, but uh definitely up there, so I'm gonna go with the lions
1: all right, well, as you know, I talked about in Bet the House, I'm taking the Raiders uh by three points here. um I just think you know I think this this Raiders team is trying to find their way and i and I think they're they're starting to get to a point where now is paying Gruden ten million a year a smart move. That's up for debate, but I think he's getting to a point where they're they're going to start turning things around. Um, and I think I think it starts here. I think this is a game they need and, and a very important one for them. So I, I think they got this one. Uh, next game we got is Texans at the Jags, and I'm gonna make this one really easy. I'm going with the Texans here. Um, Deshaun Watson, you know, is just he's playing pretty darn good this year, and. I just think the Texans are overall just the better team in this one.
0: Yeah, this is a real interesting matchup. You got to take into account that JJ Watt is out for the season with a torn pec. So that is rough on that defense. Also offensively, Deshaun Watson definitely playing lights out, but took that kick to the eye last week, had to finish the game with one eye closed and did a good job of it. Is he fully ready to go. You know, that Jacksonville-Saxonville is starting to come back a little bit. Minshew has played pretty decently. Hasn't equated to a bunch of wins yet for Jacksonville, though. So I am going to go with the Texans in this one. I think it is a very close game, but I'm going to go ahead and roll with Houston. All right, next game, pretty good one again. Vikings at the Chiefs. You know, Matt Moore is going to be the starting quarterback once more for Kansas City and the Vikings team that has been trending up. You know, had a bit of a shaky start, but they've been really getting the ball rolling here. The last few weeks really gotten into a bit of a groove. Brian, which way are you leaning on this one?
1: Yeah, you know, well, if Pat Mahomes is is playing, uh, I don't really have a question which way I'm going. You know, it's hard. I think, you know, the Chiefs kind of showed, you know, last week against the Packers that they were they were able to keep it close and actually stay very competitive without Patrick Mahomes, um, uh, but you know, fell short. You have a Vikings team who I don't like Kirk Cousins. He's so inconsistent and it's it's really comes down to whether or not he has a good game. I mean, the Vikings defense is good, but you know, you still have to put up points uh to win the game. I, I'm gonna go with the Vikings. Only because Mahomes isn't playing. I do like Matt Moore. I think you know for him to be able to just you know, like you said, go from coaching high school football to stepping up to do this. I think he's playing you know decent, um, which is more than some of the backups in the NFL can say. Um, So you know, I think I think Chiefs have a very good shot, and they're going to stay competitive. But but I think the Vikings just edge him out here.
0: Well, I don't think they'd just edge him out. I think they actually beat him by quite a bit, and not because of Kirk Cousins, but because of Dalvin Cook. That, that run game has been the crux of the Chiefs' defense. They haven't been able to stop the run from really anybody, and Dalvin Cook is, at least statistically, one of the best rushers in the league right now. So it's going to be hard for them to stop, and I don't think they will. I'm going with the ground game of the Vikings. All right. Titans at Panthers should be a good one. Still Kyle Allen. But you know what? Ooh, it's really close. But at home, I got to lean towards Christian McCaffrey in his, I would say, MVP-type season. Uh, I think it is a very close game, probably about three-point difference, I would guess. But, Brian, uh, how are you thinking? I'm
1: going with the Panthers here. I'm going because I think I think they got to respond. Um to losing last week and I and I I agree with you Christian is having a great year. I also like just Kyle Kyle Allen and how he's playing and how he's responding to me putting it in, you know, I mean, by all accounts he's you know, he's filling some very big shoes uh behind Cam Newton. I hate saying that, but um he is and uh you know and I I think that I agree. I think this game's close. I think it's separated by three points, but I, I'm gonna give it, you know, to the home team. Uh, Our next game is Patriots at the Ravens. Ravens have shocked us before. Can they do it again?
0: That's the question, isn't it? So the Patriots only real competition to this point has been the Bills. And and that's it. And the Bills are a, a good football team, but they're not a great football team by any means. And the Ravens have had some impressive wins like going into Seattle, but also some kind of harsh losses like going into kansas city now this game is at home so that give that helps them at least a little bit there and it's really tough to say for sure and i like you never can say that the patriots are going to overlook anybody i think i think bill belichick is too prepared for that and by prepared for that i mean he has a a camera wait what no i didn't say that yeah Um. (laughs) oh that's the truth Uh. Um, but I, you know what, I am going to go with the Ravens on this one. You know, as much as we say it every year, there seems to be a little bit of, uh, uneasiness in that, that, especially that offensive locker room for new England. And beyond that, they just pushed, uh, Josh Gordon on IR and it was like some kind of conditional IR. I, I didn't know this, but, um, I guess they have to cut him after he returns. So that was weird don't know exactly how that works uh but i guess i guess he's basically out of the team now so you're looking at your your main receiver being edelman and edelman is good but he's not going to be able to carry the load for you like that he's not the same red zone threat you're going to be relying a lot on james white to get this done for you and rex head is, is going to be a, a big mix of it as well i just don't think there's enough weapons on this team to go up against a pretty good Ravens defense when, you know, especially it's a Ravens defense that's going to be putting up points. The The Patriots right now are giving up the fewest points in the league, but, again, haven't played a lot of good offensive competition. The Ravens are some definitely good offensive competition with a, that dual-threat quarterback of Lamar Jackson. I think this will be a fun one to watch. I think it will be pretty close, but I am going to go with the Ravens in it.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go with the Ravens as well um, simply because, you know, a lot of the points you pointed out, but the thing that would lose this game for the Ravens is going, you know, that Patriots defense has been stout. Now, as you said, they haven't really played that much competition, but the big thing for them is the turnovers they they love and they get the turnovers. So the Ravens got to take care of the ball and they got to be very careful. If they start turning over the ball, Patriots will just they'll they'll kill them. I mean, It's as simple as that. So, the Ravens, I think, have to score early, and they got to score often. Um, What you're saying
0: is the the Minutemen will will or the the Pine. Nah, I guess that's a little too early. I was gonna make a Thanksgiving joke in Halloween, but it doesn't really work. We're
1: a little early, but 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 the big big thing is they got they got to get out and you know score score early, get that you know that momentum going, and they got to be consistently uh, if nothing else switching uh, flipping the field. Uh, Tom Brady's just too good if you give him, uh, you know, short field. So um, those are big things um, may seem like, you know, normal, obvious things, but uh, I guess this Patriots team that, I mean, that's what you have to do. So our last game we're going to cover is the Cowboys at the Giants. Daniel Jones. I'm, I'm still on the train. The, the, it hasn't correlated to a lot of wins. It's been ugly. I'm I'm still there, still sitting there, still loving that I bought my ticket. This would be a big one. This would be a big one to take. Uh, And I don't want to, I don't want to make like a foolish choice just simply because (laughs) of where I'm at and what I'm saying. But... I might just be making one. I'm going to go with the Giants. I'm going to give Daniel Jones the benefit of the doubt. I'm thinking the Cowboys maybe come in, aren't as well prepared. You know, there's a lot of things swirling around this Cowboys team. A lot of things outside of the locker room, outside, off the field, in terms of what's going to happen to Garrett. What are we going to do about this? What are we going to do about that? So I'm, I'm hoping... You know maybe maybe those things are causing some seeds of doubt. They're thinking too much about that, and you know maybe the Giants can can get in there and do what they need to do and come out with a w
0: well, week one, these teams played in Dallas, and Dallas won, I believe it was thirty five to seven and while it is that was the home game and the first game of the year. Eli Manning did not surrender 35 points to the Cowboys. That was, that was the Giants' defense. <laughs> and that Cowboys offense is pretty much the same exact force. You know, They had a couple injuries a couple weeks ago, but mostly are healthy again. So I'm going to lean Cowboys here. I think they're a stouter team. I think they're a more complete team. They're not done by any means. The defense has not impressed me so much this year as it has in years past. I think it has a long way to go. I think it's just kind of average right now and an offense that shows flashes. It it has moments of being truly special like it did when Dak and Zeke first came onto the scene, but it hasn't quite recaptured that magic yet. And honestly, at this point, you have to start wondering if it ever will. It might, might not, I don't know. That's a discussion for another time. But I do think it'll be enough to win this game this week against New York. So, with that being said, that is all of our picks. Brian, I'm going to end our show with a question for you. All right. Are you tomorrow night going to do any ghost hunting? Uh,
1: I would like to say yes, but I don't get in, back into town till 11, and then I uh, you I still got to. An- you still have an hour from 11 to midnight. You're right, but I have to go work tomorrow, and then I gotta, uh, I'll gotta. actually be heading to Kansas City for the weekend. I have training on Monday and Tuesday. So once again, just more travel. I don't really have time. I would love to. I really would. Um, but unfortunately, I don't think I'm going to be able to do the ghost hunting on uh-huh. Halloween. I know, disappointment. The,
0: the ghosties will be very sad.
1: I know, but... Don't you worry everybody, have a great Halloween, get tons of candy, have a scare or two. We're continuing just to make America Sports Broadcasting great again. Kenyon, any last words for our loyal viewers? Boo. <laughs> Ooh. All right, everyone. Have a great night. Oh.